0: Everybody here on Friends Day. Um, We have plenty of donuts for you even after this service. If you didn't get your daylight donut, feel free. Donuts galore for you today. Hey, um, we are in our series Makers and Breakers, and today we are going to be talking about what breaks down great relationships. How do you break? good to great relationships. And some of you, you don't need any help on this. Um, I'm just going to be real honest. You don't need any help on this at all. And I've got so much to cover today um, that really two of my points, my last two points, we're going to start with those. Um, and we're going to kind of speed date with those because there's just no way the first two points are just way too big. But This is our third week in this series of Makers and Breakers, and today we're talking about dating, but there are a lot of things that you can apply to your married life, and if you're single, man, you need to buckle up and listen to this um, about ways that you can really break great relationships um, and somebody asked why do you guys spend so much time on relationships each year and and why this year are you spending like three weeks on being single and dating I will tell you why and if you hear nothing else today your trip to Foundations church is worth it right here here's why we spend time because we believe and I believe with my whole core that your dating habits will eventually lead to your married behaviors. That your dating habits will eventually lead to your married behavior. That the habits you develop right now while you're dating will turn into behaviors that you carry with you when you get married. Um, and, And some of us were like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's no, 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 no. Understand the habits you have now will become behaviors later if you aren't Careful. And some of those are good behaviors. So next week we're gonna be talking about how do you make it, what makes great relationships? We're gonna be starting kind of the married part of it. And we're gonna be talking about people that have been married over 20 years. Um, what what makes how do you get to that point? What makes great relationships? Because I've seen married people that hate one another, right? And I'm like, I I don't I don't want I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to hate the person I'm married to for 20 years. But how do you make great relationships? But really, if you're not careful careful, you and I will develop habits that we carry into our marriage that become behaviors that if we're not careful, will wreck and ruin our marriages, our relationships. And you need to know what are deal breakers, what are deal breakers for your dating relationship. So um, we're going to start with point three today. Okay. That's a little confusing because yeah, we're just going to start there. The first thing I would tell you, on how to break up a great relationship is cheat and run around. Sow those wild oats, right? Like, that we, we excuse when we're dating and when we're younger of, oh, they're just sowing their wild oats. What's that mean? Like, we're not Amish here. What's that mean? Like, you're you're sowing your wild oats. They're, they're just, if you, if you are in a relationship, hear me, if you're in a relationship today and they're cheating on you now, you need to get out now. If you're in a dating relationship and, and they are cheating on you now, I said dating, everybody listen, right? This is going to be a bipolar message. I'm going to be talking about married people and dating people, married, all my dating people. If you are in a relationship now and they're cheating on you now, man, you got to get out now. I love what Mark Twain said. He said, never allow someone to be your priority while allowing yourself to be their option. Never allow someone to be your priority while allowing yourself to be their option. Proverbs 6 verse 32 says, But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. It doesn't say that the woman destroyed him, that the situation destroyed him. It says, man, he is responsible for the choice that he made to commit adultery. And hear me. You can say, well, it was just a one-time thing. The habits you form now, the habits you become okay with now in your dating relationship, if you're not careful, they'll become the behaviors that you allow in your marriage. Let me say this. Um, I'm gonna talk to you just, this is gonna get awkward for some of us, and I love awkward moments, right? Um, I thrive on awkward moments. If you're dating in this place, If you're having sex before marriage, that's not the way God intended it. It's not. The writer of Hebrews says, keep the marriage bed pure. And some of of you, you may be dating and you're like, well, you know, we're adults. The, 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 The principle doesn't have an age limit on it. It doesn't put exceptions to the rule. If you're dating, you need to learn to wait till they are your spouse. And if you're already having sex and you're dating, listen to me. The guys are going to hate me right now. It's not too late to stop. Right? Everybody's like, wow, he just did that. Right? Like every guy hates you right now in this room. Hear me, I said this a little bit earlier when we were talking about offering. I, do, I don't want to keep you from having fun, okay? Some of you are like, well, you're a real big buzzkill right now. Um, listen to me. I am, I am your biggest cheerleader. I am your biggest fan. And I have met countless couples that have waited to have sex until they got married and they didn't regret it. Casey and I waited to have sex till we got married. No regret on my behalf. No regret on her behalf. Can can I tell you what I have met though? I have met hundreds of couples who had sex before they got married, and they didn't end up getting married, and they regretted doing it in the ever doing it in the first place. They're like, if I could go back and switch it. And so, hear me. My point right now is to keep you from regret. This isn't true. Most pastors are afraid they're going to run people off. I. I don't care, I love you too much not to tell you the truth and the best thing for you. And teenagers and singles, listen to me. I'm talking to you as a dad, but as a pastor and as somebody who has lived their dating life, that man, it was difficult to make it till we got married, but it was worth it. Hear me, God's way is always better than your way, especially when it comes to the area of dating and waiting to have sex till you get married. Hold on to that because it's true. Man, if you start developing that that, that those habits of waiting and that behavior, that sex, Sex isn't some common, just nonchalant thing, but it's a big deal because hear me, sex is a big deal. Our society wants to say it's not that big, it's a big deal. Man, hear me, if you will treat it and you will have the habit that sex is a sacred thing, you will carry that habit into your marriage. And there will be an intimacy there and there will be a a dedication there that wasn't there if you didn't treat it so sacred. Second thing I would tell you today is this fight dirty and fight to win. No matter the cost. If you want to ruin a great relationship, fight dirty. Some of you are like how, how else do you fight? Right? Like I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about wrestling or playing board games here. I'm talking about getting in an argument and, and, and I Casey and I have arguments. Um, there's a difference between having arguments and fights, right? You're going to have arguments. Make sure your arguments don't turn into fights. Some of you, you get in a fight and you go for the jugular. I mean, you are ruthless you're a cold-blooded killer in your relationships and in your fights. You just go at it. You're like, oh yeah, your mama. And you just, you start comparing her to her mom. You start comparing him to your mom. You know, you're like your girl. Um, and you you just, you are ruthless. Now, when Casey and I get in an argument, um, man, I'm not the most quick-witted. So, and Casey's very, uh, a lot more quick-witted and a lot smarter than I am. I can readily admit that. But what happens with me is if I get a really good point and she can't beat that point, I just keep repeating that point, right? I'm just like, oh no, this is my dog and I'm staying on my dog right here. You know, I'm just like, but this doesn't make sense. And she said, but this doesn't make sense. And she'll say something, the moon is round. But this doesn't make sense. You know, um, here's the deal what does it mean to fight dirty? It means you make it personal, you start name calling, you start throwing things. Your your arguments should never turn physical. I'm going to tell every person here that's dating right now, I'm going to make all the guys mad today. This is awesome. Um, If he yells at you, you're out. If he's yelling at you while you're dating, dear goodness, you're going to drive him crazy when you get married. I've looked at both of my girls and I said this. I said, if they yell at you, you're done. Because they're not going to treat you <coughs> worse than I treat you. I'm, I'm for sure of that. Because they don't deserve you. And if they make it personal, man, that's the number one way to destroy, not number one, but one of the number one ways to destroy a relationship. Guys, if she's manipulative, if she is naggy, Run. I'm telling you, if she's nagging you while you're dating, dear God, wait till you have children. I'm just telling you, like, get out. Here's what Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Don't do it. Doesn't say unless they make you mad, unless they have it coming to them, unless they said something stupid or did something stupid. No, no, no. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And can I tell you, that's got to be true when it comes to our relationships. (coughs) Now, the two things I really want to spend a lot of time on this morning is this. If you want to break your relationships, if you want to ruin a great thing, first one is this, tell lots of lies and keeps tons of secrets, the more the better, baby, Tell lots of lies and keep tons of secrets, the more the better. Dorothy Allison said this things come apart easily when they have been held together with lies. Secrecy and lying (coughs) are two small habits that slowly destroy a relationship. Secrecy and lying are two small habits that destroy. A relationship, what's the difference? Well, secrecy is this, secrecy is a sin of omission. It means you aren't actually, you aren't, telling them something. You are keeping something from them. Um, Perfect example, you're keeping receipts so that they don't see how much money you spend on ice cream every day. Um, you You are keeping them from your social media accounts because there are things you want to hide. You are keeping them from certain email accounts that they don't know about because you are doing things that you don't want them to know about. You are keeping secrets. Lying is the act of commission. It's something you're actually committing. It's something you're actually doing and you're covering up the truth you're covering up your secret with lies here's what i would say if you got to lie to him now and you're dating what are you doing man like if, if you're lying or they're lying to you now and you're dating well, what's going on because once again your 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 behaviors your habits become behaviors And if they're lying now, mama, they're going to lie a lot more later. I, I read a story this week about a guy um, and this girl who, the they, girl bought a dog, um, and he hated the little dog. I, I've come to understand that there are, are two types of people. There are big dog people, and there are small dog people, right? Um, let me tell you what, I, I am a big dog person. Um, we bought a giant Schnauzer. He's about 100 pounds. He's up to here. Um, he's a big dog, and I love him. And we have a Westie Poo, and I hate Max. I hate Max's guts. Um, I just... And I don't see anything in the Bible that says I can't hate my dog. Um, but um, like, and some of you are like, that's so sad. If you knew Max, you'd just be like, yeah, he's annoying. And um, Max isn't a dog either. Like, I just don't think, if your dog can't beat a cat up, it's not a dog. It's like a ferret or something, like, I'm just being honest. And so uh, I was reading this story, This this girlfriend of this guy, buys a chihuahua there's the first mistake um and and so she buys a chihuahua he hates the chihuahua he doesn't like the chihuahua doesn't want the chihuahua and so he hatches this plan to make the girlfriend get rid of the chihuahua and his brilliant plan is anytime she's not looking he pees on her carpet in her apartment and blames it on the dog real story pees on the carpet blames it on look what your dog did right this goes on for six months i'm just (laughs) i hear people saying that's disgusting you're right it goes on for six months she doesn't get rid of the dog she catches the guy in the act of peeing on the carpet and blame it on I'm like I want to know how that conversation went. Like, that's why I want to be, I wish I could just sit there and be like, and go, like, let's go. Here's the crazy thing about it. She finds out what's going on and she like, they, they work through it. I'm like, wait a second. Did I miss something here? Cause you, he's peeing on your carpet, like blaming a dog. There are some massive behavior issues there that are going on. I mean, and here's what I would tell you. The reason I'm saying this is that what you hide, you protect. And if we, if this guy would have put as much effort that he was putting into hiding things as he could have put into really developing healthy habits and, and speaking encouragement and working in his relationship, man, he would have had a relationship that was fantastic. And if some of us that you are hiding things, and this is married people, dating people, if you would put as much energy into developing and working in your relationship than working on keeping your secrets secrets, it would absolutely change your marriage and your dating relationship. Well, how do you do that? How do you you keep secrets from being a reality in your relationship? Well, I will tell you this, you've got to learn to live in the light, right? It's hard to hide things in broad daylight. Unless you're in my house and I'm looking for bread for a sandwich in our pantry. I I cannot find it. I'm like, where's the bread, Casey? By the peanut butter. I'm like, no, it's not. I've looked there and she's like, it's right here. I'm like, okay, there's the bread. Yeah, right by the peanut butter. Um, Thought you meant the other peanut butter. Here's the deal. You're married to that guy too. It's not just me. Um, If you're gonna live in the light, it means everything's open. Now I understand, now, now hear me, I understand there are some of you with jobs that privacy has to happen. Like if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, um, there are certain things that you cannot show your spouse because it's against the law. But some of you, it's just against your will. And you don't want to show them because you're busy hiding things. Can I tell you, Casey has every password, has an all-access to my whole life my phone my contacts my email anything she wants to see go for it and can I tell you I love it because I'm not fearful that she's going to find something out right and when we keep secrets and when we hide things we are paranoid and we're scared and we have no peace in our life and that's not the way God intended you to live this life out He he wants you to have peace and you can't have peace in your relationship if you don't have peace in your life. I love what my wife said. She says, secrets always grow. They always grow. And when you choose to keep your secrets in the dark, they always grow. They always get bigger. There's always more to hide. There's always more to hide. Secrets almost become like icebergs. You know icebergs. You've heard of icebergs. Man, what's dangerous about an iceberg isn't just what you can see. It's what's underneath the water that you can't. That's where the real damage occurs. That's what can take out the ship. And hear me, it's not what your spouse, it's not what your dating partner can see right now. It's what they it's the secrets that you are keeping from them that is really in danger of taking your relationship out. Here's what I would tell you. The reason secrets are such a big deal is because secrets almost always lead to lies. Secrets and lies, go; they're traveling companions. It's true. Secrets almost always lead to lies. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. This is the seven deadly sins. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, Hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feats, 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 feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who sows discord in a family. Seven things, seven deadly sins, and out of one of those is lying. Lying, man, lying will destroy your relationship. You want to break your relationship? Man. Just put lots of lying in your relationship. The more, the better. Want to break it? Just keep lying. Just keep secrets. The more, the better. Because here's what I will tell you about lying, is that when lies are present, trust is absent. Where lies are, it eliminates trust. When lies are alive and present, trust is gone and absent. I love what Ryan Biggs said, he said, the truth may hurt for a little while, but a lie hurts forever. When we were in college, Casey and I were dating. And um, we dated for about two years. And in those two years, I broke up with her twice because I'm an absolute moron. And um, the first, I, some of you, you have a syndrome. You are the bad breaker upper. And that was me. I, I was a bad... Breaker, upper. I just wasn't good. I didn't send a note. I didn't like. We didn't have texts back then, so I didn't send a text. If you text a breakup with a girl, man, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, let's let's not send a text. Like, it's over, babe. That's all I can send because I'm so broken up about it. Whatever. Shut up. Call her, um, least Call her. Um, that's not in the Bible, but there's not cell phones in the Bible. But what I would tell you is this: when when our first broke breakup came. Um, I, I told Casey, it's right before finals, I can't believe I did this, um, and I just, I said, hey, right when our, our our fourth kind of period got done before lunch, I was like, hey, can, can I meet you in front of the cafeteria, and she's like, sure, and so we're, I'm leaning on a car, I, I still remember what it was, and I was like, hey, um, I'm going home for Christmas break, you're getting ready to go home for Christmas break. And I just don't think this this is it. I, I just don't think this is it. Here's the deal. While I'm doing this, everybody is passing us going to lunch, and Casey's crying, and I look like a total jerkwad, because I'm not crying, I'm just looking at her, and she goes, but why? And I said, well, there's this ex-girlfriend of mine um, that's going to be there, and I think there might still be some magic left in the bottle, right? Like, I think there might, there, I just want to make sure there's no feelings, um, and, and and that's really it, and she's like, "Why?" And she's crying, and horrible, horrible, right? horrible, horrible, horrible. I know I'm a disgusting individual. The way this whole thing played out, I went home, that girl's a complete psycho crazy. And I was like, what have I done? Um, (laughs) Here's the deal. This is the reason I'm telling you this. Hear me. Even though it was the hard thing to say, it was the true thing. And even though it was the, I felt like a jerk, I wanted her to hear the truth from me than lying to her and hearing the truth from someone else. And then we have real big issues that she can't trust what I say. See, telling the truth, it may hurt for a little bit, but what telling the truth does, it keeps trust present. And when you choose to lie, and hear that, you choose to lie... There's always a choice. to When you choose to lie, you eliminate trust out of the relationship. Proverbs 12, verse 18 through 19 says this, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Your lie is going to be exposed. And reckless words that pierce like swords are lying words. And if you choose to keep making lies and if you continue to keep lying, whatever relationship you get in, whether this is a, a, a habit that's becoming a behavior, at some point in time, you've got to learn to value the truth over the convenience of your lie. You've got to learn to value trust in your relationship over the convenience that lies and secrets bring. And you've got to learn to live in the light. So what do you do? Switching to married people now. Married people, what do you do if you're in a relationship, you're in a marriage with a liar? you got to do work. There's, there's no easy fix. I'm not going to tell you, you do five easy steps and it's done. Let, let me talk to the person that maybe, maybe you're the one that lied in the relationship. Can I tell you, when, when you lie and you start working through this, you can't fast-track trust. There's no fast-track to earning trust. Trust takes time. Trust takes time. And so if you chose to lie and have secrets and those lies and secrets came out, which hopefully they did, so you've got a lot more peace. Hear me, your spouse is going to not trust you. They're gonna be paranoid and they're gonna ask you questions and they're gonna keep asking you questions upon questions about that thing because they don't trust you. And hear me, that's okay. Because you've got to put the work in and earn their trust back. Man, they're going to, don't, don't dismiss it as nagging. Dismiss it and understand that's what lying does. It makes your spouse paranoid and not trust and it wreaks havoc. It's reckless words. Now, if you're dating and you're in a relationship with a liar, unless there's some big change, you better get out. You better get out because it will destroy the trust. And where there's no trust, there's no real relationship. You got to work for that. Last thing I would tell you about breakers of relationships is this. Learn the gift of shifting instead of the responsibility of owning. If you want to wreck your relationship, learn the gift of shifting blame. Be a blame shifter Instead of learning and owning, the, instead of the responsibility of owning. We are a culture that is great. At, it's always somebody else's fault, right? It is. The way I turned out, the reason I'm doing it's my mom's fault. It's my dad's fault. I'm 53 years old and I'm still blaming my mom and dad. They're dead and gone. You know, like at some point, the reason you're messed up is because you're messed up. You, you got to own it. I love, I love what George Washington Carver said. It says 99% of all failures come from people who have a habit of making excuses. I don't know if that's statistically correct, but 99% of all failures come from people who have a habit of making excuses. Proverbs 28:13 says this, a man who refuses to admit, admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. And I would tell you that is so true when it comes to your relationships. Man, if you can't own your responsibility and you're part of the story, you, if, if, if the me in the story is dysfunctional, the we in the story will always be dysfunctional. If the me isn't good, the we will never be good. You gotta understand, you've got to own your part and not keep pushing it off on other people. I meet with couples all the time before they get married. I'm not the pre-marriage counselor. Casey is. Thank God or I would mess a lot of marriages up. But we just kind of talk and I just real talk, real talk, real talk, real talk. And I met with one couple and they were just, everything was his fault. Everything was his fault. Well, if I'm not happy, it wasn't if I'm not, it was when I'm not happy, it's because he did something to make me mad. When I am lonely, it's because he's working too much. When I am I'm upset about being broke. It's because he's not working enough. When I had an affair, it was his fault because he was at work um, working too much. And I'm like, well, that's a real true life reality that happened. And their relationship and their marriage never stood a chance because she kept making her choices somebody else's fault. Listen, hear me right now. You and you alone are responsible for the choices and the actions that you choose to take. You and you alone are responsible for the choices and actions that you choose to take, and that's just not true in in, in your relationships. That is true when it comes to life. You can't be successful in any venture in life, if you keep making excuses. But if you decide to own your part, the Bible says this, you'll get another chance. If you decide to own your part, you know what? Yeah, that, that's on me. Yeah, that, that's on me. Then you'll get another chance. I love the story of Aaron and the golden calf. If you want to see what, what excusing and blame shifting does, Check out the story of Aaron and the golden calf. I'll set it up for you. Um, Moses and the Israelites have gone into into the wilderness. Moses is going up. He, he had a, a powwow with God on Mount Sinai. This is where the Ten Commandments come from. I mean, Moses and God are having an amazing time, but Moses is kind of older fellow at this point, and the Israelites are like, hey, we haven't seen that old guy in a long time. He may be dead, right? So um, Aaron, you're the best we got. We don't know who this God is that, that Moses served make us a, an idol for us to serve. So, so Mo, Aaron goes around and gets all the, the jewelry, all the necklaces, all the earrings. He, he, he burns them and melts them in the fire. And he fashions and makes this golden calf out of it, right? And all the people are worshiping, and they're having a big, just lack of better word, orgy. And things are going crazy, right? Things are going insane. Like, and Moses comes down, and Joshua, his apprentice, is right there, and he's like, Man, there's a sound of war. And Moses' is like, oh no, that ain't the sound of war. That's the sound of people being idiots, right? Like he's like, that's not what he really said, but it's close. And so Moses goes down and that's when it starts to get really ugly at this point point. and moses confronts aaron and it, we pick up right there exodus 32 verse 21 then moses said to aaron what did this people do to you to make you bring such great sin upon them and aaron said don't let don't let my lord be angry you know the people yourself and how sinful they are so he's already putting it off on someone else right They said to me, make a God for us who will go in front of us, for we do not know what has become of Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, let him take it off. So they gave it to me. Check this sentence out. I threw it into the fire, Mo, and out came this calf. Like, it's magic. Like, really? Like, I don't know how this happened. This golden calf just came shooting out and we all started worshiping. Here's what I would tell you. If your your habit is to keep excusing your way through life and shifting the blame, eventually it doesn't just make you look foolish, it makes you the fool. It doesn't just make you foolish, it makes you the fool. Winston Churchill said, the price of greatness is responsibility. The price of greatness is responsibility. If you're busy excusing your ways, then you aren't changing your ways and you will eventually destroy and you will break that relationship. If you're dating someone who keeps shifting the blame and making excuses, some of you are probably saying, well, it sounds like you're hinting at that I need to break up. I'm not hinting at it. I'm telling you, that's a deal breaker. What First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says this, it's the chapter of love, love is patient, love is kind, love never gives up. But in the right there, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul says this, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. When I was a kid, I acted like a kid. I thought like a kid, I spoke like a kid, and I reasoned as a kid. But when I became a man, when I started taking responsibility, owning responsibility for my part, I put it away. It's not gonna put itself away. You have to put it away before it puts you away. You have to put it away. I've I've gotta stop. When I was in mid-high, I was grounded for two solid years of my life. I, I'm not exaggerating right now. My two seventh and eighth grade year, I was grounded. Not just during the school year, through the summer as well. And I hand to God, I'm not lying. And my parents tried everything in the world to convince me to start making better grades, but I was just like, they, they took away TV. Like, they took away the VCR. My, my parents told me that they put an alarm on the TV that if I turned it on, it would sound, and they would know. And I was dumb enough to believe them because I wasn't smart enough to believe he's too cheap to put it actually on the TV, right? Like, I'm like, so so I would be in my room, couldn't do anything. And my mom and dad were like, why aren't you doing homework? I'm like, because I'm wrestling with my stuffed animals on my waterbed. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, some of you are like, he's telling the truth because he just said waterbed, right? Like... I'm sorry, anyways, um, making some waves, um, stay in your lane. Um, and and, and so it comes to the, almost the end of my eighth grade year and my principals three that were assigned just to dear old Justin in mid high, all my teachers call a conference with my parents. Now this isn't a parent teacher conference. This is just a special conference to talk about their messed up son. (laughs) Okay? They go, they meet with the teachers. I have been whipped, not whipped, but I have had spankings. I have had groundings. I was grounded from everything but church. No special activities with the youth group. I was too young to play athletics quite yet. And my dad walks in, and I, I remember him just walking in, and he said he wasn't mad any longer. He sat on the edge of my waterbed and he's just like, man, Justin, I, I don't, why are you doing this? Why do you keep making bad grades? Why, why are you choosing to be this person? I remember, I, 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 can, I can still see the fuzzy fro car, carpet. I mean, I can, and, and the comforter on my waterbed being Hunter Green. I mean, I remember this so much. And I remember I started blaming my teachers. My teachers hate me, dad. They have it in for me. It's like, no, they don't. I just met with them. I'm like, well, dad, I'm getting bullied. Like, you don't, know, you don't know what it's like to move from Tulsa to Oklahoma City and be bullied. And he just stopped me and he goes, you know what, Justin, I don't. But he said this phrase to me and it just has stuck with me my whole life. He said, Justin, if you keep excusing your life, you're gonna lose it life. And I didn't raise a loser. If you keep excusing this life, you're gonna lose life at life, and I didn't raise a loser. Can I tell you the same what my dad said to me is true of your heavenly father? Man, if you keep, you are going to cheat yourself out of significant relationships and opportunities in life because you're always saying it's somebody else's fault you're always saying your reality and your relationships are somebody else's fault and if you keep doing that you're going to lose this thing called life but the bible says this in romans eight thirty seven that we are overcomers no it says that we are more than overcomers through Jesus Christ who is our strength. It says in Ephesians that you are God's masterpiece created to do good works. Hear me, he didn't create you to be elude. you, Man, start taking responsibility for you. Own your part. Don't shift it. Take the responsibility and live it out. And let this life be all that God has for it to be. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. God, there's, there's so much, so much in this series that, that needs to be said that we just don't have time for. But God, I pray that you would penetrate our hearts and our lives. And that Lord, this wouldn't just be your word that we hear today, but it would be your word that we apply today. That God, that we would take an inventory of us. God, stop, don't, don't, let, don't let this be a message where we look at our spouse or we look at our dating partner first. But I pray that we would look at our lives first. How are we conduct, let us take responsibility for my part in the relationship first. And then Lord, I pray that we would take a look at the relationship. I pray that we would not dismiss things as small little habits because the simple truth is our habits grow into behaviors. And so, Lord, I I pray tough things were said this morning, hard things to hear. But I pray that that what you said to 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 the crowd would be what you say to he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Tune in. Listen. This isn't to keep us from fun. This isn't to keep us from significance. This is to keep us from regret. So Lord, I I just ask in this place today that we would hide your word in our heart. As the psalmist said, so that we may not sin against you so that we can do it your way because our way just doesn't work. So Lord, speak to us today. Let us be makers instead of breakers. In Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here in this place and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We wanna give you a chance to change that. You might be here today and maybe it's about recommitting your life to him today. I can't tell you, I don't know of a bigger choice than that choice you're getting ready to make. I don't know of a bigger moment of owning the responsibility than that moment right now. Anytime I I put on a pair of of jeans or I put on a coat that I haven't had on in a while, there's the chance that I'm going to find some money in there that I didn't know that was in there. And it's like, it just makes my whole day. I'm like, sweet money. Yeah. And there's this awesome discovery moment that I'm like, man, there was something valuable there that I had forgotten about. Can I tell you, you are not forgotten money this morning to the Lord. He knows exactly where you are. And you may feel crumpled up. You may feel old. You may feel just destroyed. But God sees you as valuable this morning. This morning, you have a choice that you get to make that gets to change everything from this point on. This morning, if you need to come to the Lord for the first time, you need to recommit yourself, recommit your life to the Lord. I'm going to count to three, and all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand. We're going to lead you in a prayer. We're not going to lead you in another room. We're not going to have you stand up or embarrass you in any way. We're just going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three three is there anyone here today you say Justin that's me. There's one there's two is there anyone else you join these two there's three hands is there anyone else you join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today you say Justin there's one more is there anyone else you join these four hands that are lifted today before we go any further in service today you say Justin that's just me and I've been blaming my life and my spiritual condition on other people and man I just need to grow and I just need to change Is there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. Jesus, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Can we give these four individuals a huge round of applause? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.